This episode of the Hate Your Locker podcast is sponsored by HireLocker.com. When you are sick of opening emails just to find a CV is in a strange format that you've never seen before, jump over to HireLocker.com, sign up for a 14-day trial, and centralize all of your CV applications. If it is in a format that you do not recognize, HireLocker will format it for you into a PDF and make it readable and viewable for you. Jump over to HireLocker.com, sign up for your 14-day trial. I'm your host, Aaron O'Connor, and today we are looking at executive sales recruitment. It can be the making or breaking of an organization. Today we're joined by a senior director within a company that do sales recruitment. We talk about CVs, his hiring process, and how to hire the right candidate for the job as opposed to just filling a job vacancy. I'm Doug Brain, I'm a director of PMA Sales Recruitment. Um, Been the director now for 25 years. And we start out this episode with the reality of hiring the wrong person for the job before we get into the good content of how to hire the right person for the job. It happens a lot. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not, uh, I'm not completely innocent of this as well, even with all my experience. But um, I remember a client once telling me that uh, he was in a real jam because it's only a small business, two, three um, salespeople, and he wanted to recruit a really big hitter. He needed someone who could go and not only um, bring new business onto the, the, um, into the, the company, but also could approach the existing clients and get even more business from them. So he went to an agency, um, asked them for the right person. They sent someone along who on paper was perfect. He'd worked for a competitor. He was mature, experienced, everything else. He was a bit blind to it. He, he felt that this person was so good he had to take him on board and recruited him within minutes. I mean, literally, I think it was a first meeting um, offer, so which I always advise people not to do, but uh, he basically offered him the job on the first meeting. Jumped forward six months, um, they sacked him. Um, he actually took them to court over the sacking. They tried to get money back from the agency. He had lost them two of their biggest accounts by being just totally obnoxious to the clients. He hadn't bought any new business on. He'd upset the existing team so much that he actually ended up losing one of those as well and almost lost two. Um, and it was to be honest, he almost put the company under. And it was that close. My friend was telling me that it got that close financially because of the amount of business they lost, that it was probably the worst hire I'd ever come across um, in, the, in such a short space of time, six months. Could take a bit of business turning over. I think it was turning over over a million. Um, and it almost went under just through one bad hire. And what lesson would you learn out of that? First thing I always say to anybody, any client, however wonderful the candidate is, never offer the job on the first interview from both sides. One, the candidate doesn't feel that they really put a lot of effort into it. They got the job probably a little bit too easily. And also, in my experience, almost every time I've interviewed someone a second time, I see different things, um, sometimes better, but sometimes worse. So that's the first thing I would learn from it. And secondly, never rely on a piece of paper. Um, a piece of paper can say anything. You know, if you take a sportsman, it could say that you've played for a big club for, for 10 years. It doesn't say how well you played. It doesn't um, say how well you got on with the rest of your colleagues, etc. It's exactly the same in business. All it does is give an indicator. That's what a, a CV is. It's an indicator of what someone should be um, able to achieve. So what you're saying is you should do a minimum of two interviews? Yes, always. 
always minimum of two interviews, preferably with uh, at least two interviewees. Sorry, interviewers. Because they'll see a different, they'll see it from their perspective. Very much so. Um, we're all different, so we will see different things. They will see different angles. We, as, a, as an agency, when we recruit, um, when we interview any candidate, we make sure two consultants see that candidate because I've walked into a person and not been impressed. I've just not felt that they were right for the role that we were looking for. The next um, consultant's gone in and thought they were absolutely brilliant. Sometimes it could be me that we did just didn't gel. I didn't gel with the candidate. The candidate didn't feel comfortable with me um, and therefore didn't perform to his best. But people do perform differently in front of different people. It doesn't even have to be different age groups or different sexes or anything else. Just two separate different people can make such a difference. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's very important to hire the right person for the job. Well, it's essential um, in, in anything. And again, going back to sport, we see it all the time in football where managers recruit uh, managers are recruited to clubs and it doesn't work out. It costs fortunes, absolute fortunes. Um, and business is exactly the same. We lose so much through a wrong hire. Um, and even as a business ourselves, we have taken on the wrong people, um, even though we're in recruitment. On the other hand, we've also taken on some very good people in the past. And when you take on a good person, it kind of lifts the whole team. Everyone feels so much better. You get more revenue. Everything's good. So, okay, so you do executive sales recruitment, am I correct? Correct. Okay, so when you, when you initially accept a CV for a sales position, what are the things that you're looking for? From the CV first, I'm looking for relevant experience. So have they actually got something on there that is relevant to the position that I'm advertising for? That's my first thing. My second thing is geographical location. Can they physically do the job? Um, it's no good someone being based in Dublin for a job that's based out of Essex. Um, it's just not practical. However much people say they don't mind commuting, I tend to work on an hour, maybe 90-minute rule that they've got to live within that time of, the, of wherever they're due to be located. From then on, it's, I suppose my experience makes me look at a CV differently. And I, I look at some things on a CV. I love to see teamwork. I love to see that they've got um, strong out-of-work activities. That doesn't mean I know, reading and, and uh, cycling as hobbies. That always worries Going me a little bit. Going for long walks. Yeah, <laughs> you've got it to a T. And you do get people writing this. And they're all very individual things of their hobbies. And you're just, mm, that worries me a little bit. Um, okay, so you're, ta you're talking about passion. What are you talking about? Oh, passion, very much so. Something, if someone has an achievement on there, what, what impresses me more than anything else is if someone has achieved something at a very high level in sports, a very high level, if they've done the charity walks, you know, they've climbed Kilimanjaro and they've done the Inca Trail for Mencap or something like this. That impresses me. Um, I think one of my favorite ones ever was a lady who we just saw the CDV and we said we had to interview her because one of her hobbies was um, walking the wing of a biplane. Wing walking, a wing walker and we just went got to meet her because it just showed passion or it showed personality and I'm looking for a strength of personality people by people and so you've got to have that personality in front of you and someone who um, I, I actually used to know it off, there was a whole line she had a whole line on there about walking the wing of a biplane 
and she was, I think, the first woman in Western Europe to do something, a double loop-the-loop, that was it. She did, did a double loop-the-loop while walking the wing of a biplane. And to me, it was, got to interview her. You know, no issues have to interview this woman because she's showing personality. Even though it doesn't say anything about her sales abilities? No, the CV, don't get me wrong, if the CV was completely, absolutely, in no way right for the job, I wouldn't have seen her. But I would say... I would say 50% of CVs I see are 50-50, as in borderline, as to whether they're right for the job. So then I'm looking for the next angle. What's the next thing? Yeah, they, they could be right for the job, but which one do I see? I can't interview 30 people for the job. I haven't got the time. So which 10 am I going to actually screen? Which 10 am I going to phone and, and pick up and, the phone and talk to? And that will be dictated by what I can see on that piece of paper on that CV. And most CVs... I would say, again, a very high percentage have errors strewn all over them. That will also put me off. As in typos? Oh, you name it. <clears throat> I've seen people spell their towns. I've seen people spell their schools, their streets incorrectly. They're the companies they work for. Um, so any form of typos like that, would it just shows a lack of an attention to detail. And in my business, the salesperson has to have a good attention to detail. So that would worry me. I do, I do not understand why. Um, all right, so can you talk to me then a little bit about how you try and hire the right person for the job as opposed to just filling a vacancy? The first way we do that is by knowing what the vacancy is. So if the vacancy is not for me, i.e. it's for one of my clients, we grill our clients. We ask them absolutely everything. And it's not, we ask them about the job, obviously, what, you know, what is entailed in doing the role and everything else. But we ask them about them. You know, where, what's their background? Where are they from? How many in the team? What's the, the makeup of the team? You know, is it a team of married people with three kids each? Is it a team of 19-year-old of party animals? Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But it gives us an idea of what kind of personality is in that group, what kind of, of dynamic is going on within that business because you don't want someone coming in and rocking the boat. It doesn't help any sales team at all. So... Our first stage would be to absolutely grill our client to find every bit of information we can about the business. Mostly, we'll go and see them. Because once you've met someone face-to-face, you have a much, much better idea. And now I've forgotten the next part of what you wanted to know. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's step one in the process. Um, Step two, then, would be how... Like, okay, so I suppose I'm just wondering, how do you find that right person? Because, again, you know, you might... You might meet the the world's biggest BSer. Um, and frequently we do, and I have met some brilliant ones. And do you know what? <clears throat> some of them are so good, I can be warned through and through and through, and I'll still fall for it time and time again because they are that good. Not many, but there are a few that are that good. Usually they they slip up. Most people are lying on their CVs. Now I read something recently that seventy five or eighty percent of CVs have falsehoods on them. I probably agree with that. Um, and most people that slip up uh, will, will slip up when questioned. The only way you can do that is through interviewing. Um, and experience helps a lot because you just, you almost have a feel that the person is not telling the truth. Then you've just got to find out where the untruth is and how important the untruth is. And we actually tell candidates point blank, please don't lie to us. A lot of our clients do security checks. It will come out. You're just going to waste everyone's time. So make sure that we know the truth. We'll, we'll work out a way to cover that truth, i.e. to explain it in the most positive manner. But we need to know what the truth is. Uh, 
I would say the biggest things are usually people like love adding on bits of education onto their CV, um, people uh, elongating jobs, missing out jobs completely, uh, etc. So all those kind of things we would pick up pretty quickly, and they're quite easy to find out the truth as well. As soon as a reference check's done, we've had probably once every four or five months candidates turned down from roles after they've been offered the jobs because of lies that have been found out on their CVs. And it's just not worth it. So, yes, you might get the biggest BS coming through the door. The only way you can do this is by interviewing and drilling down on each area and each subject and seeing how they react. Can you give me an example of uh, a candidate that you caught out? How serious a catch out. I mean, we see it day. One of my funniest friends was a chap who came in for interview and I looked at his CV and I went, I, I recognize that name. And we went through an old database, found his CV from four years before, and there was a lot of similarity on there, but there was a hell of a lot of difference. So I went in to see him. He actually wasn't my candidate the second time, but I went in and I said, um, I'm sorry, I was just looking at this. I, I realized I interviewed you four years ago, but your CV is completely different from before. And he then decided to spend the next 10 minutes convincing me that that must have been his identical twin brother who frequently did this and impersonated him when going for interviews. And I've never come across anyone coming up with something like that. And he absolutely point blank denied that it was him that I'd seen four years before. And it had to be his identical twin brother. Oh God, he does this to me quite often. <laughs> That's probably the most outlandish one. Um, I, I remember a nice chap on the phone, I've gone very well with him just reading his CV, and I said, um, can I ask you about one of your A-levels? And the chap was mid-30, so A-levels weren't really that important. He said, um, yeah, well, what do you mean? I said, you've got an English language A-level. And he said, yeah. I said, there's no such thing. I said, he said, what do you mean? I said, I, said, I wanted to do English language and A-level, but there was only literature. An A-level in English is literature-based. And he went quiet for a minute. He said, I've had that on my CV for five years, and no one's ever questioned it. He said, no, I don't have it. I, I, I'm sorry about that. And I said, you know what? If you'd just written English, I wouldn't have even said a word. It's because you put the word language on them that I questioned it. And he said he'd had that on his CV for five years. I see CVs now of people I actually know personally. And they've amazingly managed to pick up degrees on their CVs, which they didn't have when I knew them in their teens, 20s and 30s. Suddenly in their 40s, they happened to have a degree that they took when they were in their teens and 20s. Right, okay, wow. I don't, I don't think people check education very well on CVs at all. Mm. Do you think there's a lot of companies out there that, that take people at face value of what's on the CV? Yes, guaranteed, 100%. Okay, I actually interviewed this morning a um, an employment law solicitor, and she said that there's a lot of companies out there uh, that are doing... Um, almost back okay so they get they get in a cv they do a little bit of research about who this person is they, they google them they'll try and find them on facebook or linkedin or anything like that would you recommend anything along those lines we do linkedin checks on almost everyone um personally i think someone's facebook life is their personal life that's asking that's like asking if i can come and see them in their bedroom or in their home you know it's it's i'm crossing a line there um but their linkedin profile is their business profile. Um, and that is something that I, I would automatically look at just to, to check. I also look for who they're linked in to. 
So if someone was linked into someone I knew very well who I, I trusted their opinion, I could contact them and do an informal reference. Um, any last words on, on um, trying to hire the right person? Any advice? I would trust a personality. I, I trust my gut. And if your gut's wrong, then you have to learn and make sure that your gut reaction the next time is different. Um, my, one of my favorite hires was I needed a new office manager, and I put um, an advert out. I think I had 400 responses. And of those 400 responses, only one CV did I actually send to my business partner to say, am I being soft, but I really love this lady's um, cover letter. It's so personable, it's so professional and so perfect that I've got to telephone screener, even though her CV looks like a car crash. And he came back to me and said, you've got to speak to her. That's one of the best cover letters I've ever seen. So I phoned her on the phone. She was one of the most perfect, best people I'd ever spoken to. So I had no choice. I had to interview her. Now, in the meantime, I brought in four perfectly experienced on paper people who were right for the role. They'd had a direct experience of doing exactly what I wanted. She blew them away. Absolutely blew them away. She worked for me for four years. Um, I walked into that interview and I had to bite my tongue to not offer her the job on the spot because of what I said at the beginning, that I don't believe we should offer a job on the first interview. But she was so right as a person that she just needed a break. She needed, for personal reasons, she hadn't been able to work sometimes. She had a couple of very quick jobs. It was all explainable in the interview. The other three or four that had the right experience didn't have the personality. They wouldn't have fitted in. So if I, was, if, if I was to summarize what we've just been talking about, mm -hmm. one, um, do two, minimum of two interviews. Yes. Two, bring a second uh, person to an interview. Yes. Uh, three, trust your gut. Yep. And four, don't believe everything that's on paper. <laughs> Never believe everything that's on paper. <laughs> a big thank to Doug Brain from pmarecruitment.co.uk. As always, it has been a pleasure creating this podcast for you. And if you got some benefit out of it, if you learned something, please take a moment to go leave us a rating and review in iTunes. Also subscribe via either iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Show notes for this episode are at hrlocker.com forward slash episode 005. I've been your host, Darren O'Connor, and we'll see you in the next episode.